Hi everyone, welcome to the 92nd Minute Podcast. It's glad to see you all here. Um, except the Glazers, obviously, if you're here, then you're not welcome. You may as well close it down now. Or if you listen, you might learn a thing or two. Um, I'm Sim. Um, I'm here with Gerdo today. We're diehard United fans. Gerdo, what do you what do you reckon? What do you got to say? Yeah, so I'm hoping the Glazers are listening and I hope this actually gets to them so it knocks a bit of sense in their head. Um, one of those ones in it is literally love United, hate Glazers. And that's it, really, at the end of the day. That's it in a nutshell. I mean, I've supported United for, what, 30-something years. You have to... I mean, we've known each other for, what, 16 years or so now? And yeah, it's been, And it's been Glazers all the way through, right? The whole time we've known each other. As, is, is that how long it's been? I think, yeah, I think wow. like Glazers okay. took over in, what, 20, 2003? So it's what they, they've right, been... Yeah. So, yeah, so we've not known <laughs> anything different since we've known each other. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's... Just got worse and worse, right? A hundred percent. I think, I think a lot. You know me, like I gave the Glaziers the benefit of doubt that they were pumping some kind of money in. But the more I talk to you, the more logical it's been that it's money taken out and it's club generated money that the club should be spending anyway. But there's nothing that's really come from them. Yeah, I mean, I remember sitting in GCSE IT lessons way, way back, reading about how. They funded the takeover with PIKs like Payment in Kind and they were putting all this debt onto the club and just remember thinking, oh my God, they're going to make us just poorer and poorer and poorer. But it feels like the league got richer, so it kind of evened out for a little while. But then obviously when Sir Alex left and the team was already in decline with the midfield, it just seems like now we're just in a real mess. And I yeah. think that gets us to why we were looking to start, don't you reckon? I mean, we were thinking about bringing this out pre-season to celebrate Frankie de Jong coming, celebrate Ten Hag coming and, and changing things. But <laughs> I guess we're talking about McFred. Yeah, and that's it. And I think that's the most interesting thing right now is that um, I, th- I guess we've got to back McFred, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know and I know. We were speaking to a, a mutual acquaintance the other day. And what did he say? That we should make Fred captain? Oh, dear. Yeah, so <laughs> I, even then, like, I don't know if he's being serious or if that was a joke. Um but I guess that's where Man United fans are right now. Um, we're taking <laughs> jokes a bit too serious, aren't we? E- even at the club. Yeah, I mean, for context, he has got a Fred scarf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think what we'll have to do is on one of the episodes is get him on. Get him on, yeah. Maybe yeah, he can happy. have his say and maybe enlighten the United crowd on yeah. why Fred should be picked. Well, he is being picked, to be fair. Um, why he should be picked in maybe a fantasy Premier League team. <laughs> and this is it, right? Maybe we should wait till Fred has a good game so he can defend himself a little bit, but we might yeah. have to get his back before that. Yeah. To be fair, I, I knew this episode would end up being about McFred. Um, and when we've been discussing this um, and starting this, it literally was so positive in terms of having a brand new midfield with Frankie de Jong and Ericsson. Um, Ericsson, especially when he's come in, I think even the last game against Brighton, you could see his forward thinking, playing the ball forward, didn't come off. But what did come off in that game? Um, yeah. But you, you can tell straight away. But if you had somebody like Frankie De Jong actually carrying the ball positively, it, it just brings so much more to the game. Mm. And, and that's, what, that's what we were hoping to talk about, wasn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, if we're talking about the game, for me, I think there were three things that stood out for me. 
Um, like one, I don't think that we were prepared for Brighton just knocking it long. I think we thought, oh yeah, Brighton are going to do what they always do, play short. But they tried to take advantage of us being, you know, first came new manager and they just really executed. They went long when they had to and kind of muddled United up. And McTominay and Fred were terrible at winning the second ball. But then what really stood out even more, and you'll know because you messaged me as soon as this happened, but the first time that I think De Gea gave Fred the ball and Fred was at the edge of the box and he just decided to just pass it to a Brighton player. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned De Gea there. And I'm still a big fan of De Gea. Um, I think he's a good shot stopper. Um, mm. he's, been, he's been the difference between finishing eighth and ninth um, yeah. He saved us in games, but I think that game showed what he lacks massively. Um, we, knew, mm. we, we knew he lacked that game to him where the ball comes to feet, comes short. But at the same time, when I look at his options in front of him, Martinez, obviously, that was his first game and his direct passing was very good. But does he have the confidence in his front four? Yeah, and I mean, if you think of it this way, right, if you're De Gea... You're never going to be Edison. You're never going to be Tester yeah. or Allison. Yeah, not that Austin, age anyway. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the thing is, though, and you saw later on that same weekend, later on that same day, you see Frankie Dion highlights when he gets the ball under pressure. He yeah. sits one player, beats another player, and next thing you know, the ball's in the other team's box. Yeah. And if Fred could even do half of that, De Gea would look so much better because he's just playing it straight into his feet and then Fred can do something. But Fred can't yeah. do anything at all. And I think where, where I have to defend Fred slightly is that when he plays higher up the pitch, he seems to bring something to the game a little bit. Mm. Um, but in front of our goal, anywhere near our box, I, I, don't, I don't understand it. Um, he's a professional footballer somehow. And he's, he controls the ball well sometimes. But once he's got it, it's like he doesn't see the picture. And I think I shared that... Um, I think it was a story on Paul Scholes where he's highlighted straight away, like, why are you not on the half term? Why mm, do you not know yeah. what's going on? And I'll always That's go back to watching Paul Scholes live. And this was a game where Oli was playing and the ball comes from right back in towards Scholes. And when you're there live, you see the picture so much better. Paul Scholes takes one look over his shoulder as the ball is still coming to him. Mm-hmm. And without taking a touch, he's played the ball straight over the top and who's through, Oli. Yeah. Um, but he knows it better than anyone. And this is what I don't get over the years is how do the coaches and people at Manchester United not see this? And this is it. He's in a position where he's been put in a position to fail. I mean, part of me does think that when you when you talk about, oh, yeah, when he plays further up, that he does well. He's just running around tricking you all, man. He's just like, oh, when you give him responsibility... <laughs> yeah then he can't do anything. I mean, you see, when I play on a Sunday, I can run around a bit, but you give me the ball, give me some responsibility, and it's a whole different game. Yeah, but that's, um, that's, that's the difference between playing with your friends yeah. and playing in the Premier League. Like, exactly. it's, it's like that's with that's any that's, job. Yeah. So, Fred can't do your job. You can't do your day job, do you know what I mean? And no one would expect him to. But, <laughs> yeah, and I've played at a decent level um, at semi-pro, and sometimes it is difficult to understand instructions and carry them out. Um, sometimes you haven't got the capability and sometimes you actually forget and that's the difference between a professional and somebody like us where we're not kind of drilled from a young age to understand tactics um, understand what the message is to go out there on the pitch and perform Um, when if you're going to forget as soon as you cross the white line what the tactics were 
you're not ready to cut it in the Premier League. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, you can do it in training, you can do it in preseason, but it's yeah. a different thing when you you've got that many people in the stadium, that much expectation, that much pressure, and when that press comes, then you know everything goes out the window. But it was just simplest mistakes that he was making, simple errors that he was making where he was just playing the ball like Maguire's open and Martinez points to Fred to pass it to Maguire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. just passed it straight back to Martinez. But, but, like, yeah. like, and then Martinez has to play that pass for him. Whereas yeah, it's like, it, it should have been a triangle. Yeah. It, the triangle should have come earlier. And mm-hmm. the faster you do that, the faster you move up the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um but this is the thing, like, obviously, people will be listening to this and thinking, OK, these guys are talking all this, um, but what does it all mean? Like, how do they think they know what they're on about? And I think that's where this podcast will probably be a bit refreshing for people, where yeah. we are just two normal guys able to understand the game. Um, and things like training, like you just mentioned, you could train against a press in training, but you know that press is coming. When mm-hmm. you're in a real-life game, the press is more of an anticipation. So mm. other teams will press in moments. They won't press all the time. Yeah. Um, teams like City and Liverpool will press all the time. But a team like, say, Wolverhampton, Wolves, they will, our hometown, um, they will press in moments. They won't always press. So as a professional footballer, you need to be prepared for that. And it feels like our players are stupid. Yeah, I've they, got to they, agree. they haven't yeah. got the mental capacity to understand tactics. And we're letting some players off here, right? Because the other one, the obvious one's McTominay, who's guilty of like different sins to Fred, but just as bad when he's letting people drift off his shoulder. He's not getting into space himself. But even our, like, you know, the ones that we'd say are good, like Bruno, there, there were points where he just wasn't looking. He wasn't looking at where yeah. the players were under pressure, giving them a short ball. And I think, like you were saying, when that pressure came, a lot of the mistakes were from going back to last season's tactics, the players just defaulted to, oh, let's just try and put someone through behind. That's it. Uh, yeah, that's it. And it's not that McTominay yellow card. Um, mm. When you actually look at the clip, I know sometimes, obviously, when you look at shorter clips in football, it doesn't show the bigger picture, but it's a, it's almost a five-on-five and now a central midfielder gets a yellow card. Mm-hmm. That is literally the ability isn't there. He hasn't got the capacity to play a short, quick, accurate pass and yeah. instead, he miscontrols the ball and picks up a yellow card. And if I'm being honest, if that was a Brighton player, I would have been calling for a red. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was really, really bad. But, and then the third thing for me is that one of the things that contributed to them just losing their heads and their tactical awareness, there was just no focal point in the middle. I think people have to remember when they say, oh, this person can play as a false nine, that person can play as a false nine. The only person who played false nine successfully was Messi and he's a one of a kind. He's at the most elite level of goal scorers. Everybody else who's played false nine, it's not, all you're doing is playing without a striker and just playing with wide forwards. And yeah. Ericsson just didn't have the movement and the speed to threaten or like the ability to occupy the centre-backs. And it made us... And then that 100%. So between Bruno and Ericsson, the one thing they majorly lack is pace. Mm-hmm. So, whereas a false nine, my, my understanding of a false line nine is somebody that is going to be a nine, but he's not always a nine. And yeah. that means getting in behind, getting into the box, coming back out the box, being a target man, getting back in the box, yeah. coming back out the box. And that takes energy. And it's momentum, true because, fitness. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Definitely. Um, for me, Benzema is a big example of that. Benzema, you wouldn't think of Benzema as a false nine, but he kind of is because he comes off his wing a lot, he drops deep a lot, picks up the ball and makes play. And there's a massive difference between the way that somebody like him can hold his physical presence and just like make sure that the rest of the team knows where everybody is and that you've got that out ball and that person to pass to. And then yeah. the other team has to dictate their shape around that player as well, which we it's just like, It's have. like um, what we've... What we've grown up to see from Fergie's teams when it was a 4-4-2 at times the 9 was what we call a false 9 now the mm-hmm. one that drops outside the box but then you'll find him also inside the 6-yard box scoring a tapping yeah. and I think the games evolve where that 10 has dropped back and become a playmaker but it it, it almost seemed yeah. like Eric Ten Hag wanted to play a 4-2-2-2 but as soon as it went onto the pitch they forgot what they were doing. Um, yeah. Saying that the first 15 minutes were look good. First yeah, exactly. and, and that was because I think Martinez looked good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Martinez... And, and also, they just hadn't forgot that tactical awareness just at that point. And I think, like I said, going back to that point where Fred lost that ball at the very start a couple of times, that made the rest of the team scared. Um, but for me, the thing that I was like, if there's one criticism I have of the manager, and don't get me wrong, I'm not going to lay into him because even though we lost, it still feels to me like we lost 4-0 to Brighton at the end of the season. They're a good team. We haven't really improved our team because we've lost so many players. And so it's no surprise to me that we lost to a good team again. Um, And if anything, a win at the start of the season means nothing because we've hammered teams on the first day before and had a rubbish season. But for me, I would have liked to see... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Chelsea, Swansea a couple of times. But I would have really liked to see... Instead of having Ericsson in the middle, I would like to see him in midfield with one of McTominay and Fred. And then I would have liked to see either Garnacho or Amadiago or Palestri play one of those front spots so that Rashford could have played in the middle. And then that would have at least given us a shape, even if you know they're not in their ideal positions. It would have given us something different. So, yeah, because before the game, obviously, I think Ronaldo was clearly not going to play for the right reasons, um, I, I back mm-hmm. the manager there 100% um, with what everything's happened in pre-season. But we could have almost played a narrow diamond with Sancho and Rashford fully given the licence to play up front because they can both mm-hmm. finish. Well, Rashford used to be able to finish, but we've seen <laughs> Sancho finish in pre-season. Um, and then you could have almost had a diamond with Bruno, mm. maybe Beek, Ericsson and one of McTominay and Fred. Yeah, I think well, this season's going to be big for that. It's going to be huge for those players because, I mean, like you say, Rashford's kind of forgot to finish. But Eric Ten Hag's shown in the past an ability to like get the best out of new players to his team and young players, but also to reinvent players. Look how well Tadic did there. And then look yeah. how well Halle failed Halle, in the Premier yeah, League. Yeah. 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 And now he's at Dortmund because of what he did under Ten Hag at Ajax. So that, yeah. like, I'm hoping you can improve these players. I think it is going to take time. But then this really takes me on to why these players are being put into a position to fail. And we know what that is, the elephant in the room, the big boys in America. What have you got to say about them, Ed? Come on, let us know. I think over the years, you know what I've been like. I'm a bit of an optimist. Um, I've always backed United no matter what. But I think you heard it before the game this week. I wasn't positive at all as soon as I saw McTominay and Fred starting mm-hmm. um, and then 
from the money point of view, I've always seen that United have spent money and they have under Jose, under Lou Van Gaal, Ole's been given money and Fergie probably spent really, really well, apart from probably about three, four signings that you could question, people like Bebe and Alberton and things like that, but they're one-offs. Um, it wasn't a habit by Fer- from Fergie's kind of scouting system, mm-hmm. um, if you can call it Fergie's. But what's happening now and what's happened this season after our worst finish in the league, uh, worst points tally ever, um, no momentum, nothing for the fans to get excited about. Ralph Ragnick came in and just absolutely scrutinised what was happening upstairs. He echoed what Jose was telling us a few years back. Um, Oli clearly was just a fanboy, um, just mm-hmm. like us. And I think that's why we liked him. You know, I loved Oli and I still do now. Because uh, of the memories, baby. because of the memories, I can't hate the guy. And I think he he was somebody like us going to United, knowing yeah. there's issues upstairs. You're still going to put on a happy face because you love the club. That's... And I think that's what Ollie was, and I think that's why I'll give Ollie a pass. Um, but other than that, now that Ten Hogs come in and nothing's been done in terms of strategy, like. I say this all the time. We've got a group of about six people in that WhatsApp group. And I honestly, I'm not even taking the piss when I say this, that we could have got signings over the line by now. Yeah, right. I mean, even identifying talent, yeah. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get what is going on behind the scenes at the club. I mean, we can't even do what Chelsea are doing, which is signing everyone else's targets. And, and the problem <laughs> with me is you're saying like that, obviously all the managers have been given money in the past. We're badly run because even when, like, you know, Moyes, and I was always against the Moyes appointment, when Moyes was given that money to sign Mata, it was, he was given the money because they were scared, oh, we're not going to um, do well, we've messed up at the start of the season. But Mata was never going to make the difference between us finishing in the top four and not finishing in the top four. So it was yeah. a waste of signing. And we actually gave Chelsea the money to go and then reinvest into their squad. And we did it again with Matic afterwards. And then, like, signing Fellaini for above his release clause and it's all those things like again and again and again over the years. I mean, if you look at this way now, right, we spent almost £100 million on Pogba after we lost him on a free transfer to lose him again on a free transfer. And over the last couple of years, people are saying to me, oh, why are you saying play Pogba? We can't play Pogba in midfield. That's where it's got to be McTominay and Fred. So what do McTominay and Fred do? They don't protect the yeah. back four. They don't defend. Yeah, and 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 that's where you got to question. Oli is 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 on that point. Um, mm. Why did he keep playing McFred? Yeah, and this is why I'm this this is why I question Everton Hogg. So this, they've clearly shown something, or is it that these United managers showing us not well not us because we can see it up top, upstairs, Glazers, Richard Arnold now, uh, Murta. They're just telling them, look, this is what we've got. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, D2 cannot play football. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I've got these guys, these bunch of yeah. idiots. You what can't do you protect- want me to do? Yeah. But the concerning thing for me is that we're being linked with like Rabiot now. Like, you know, at the end of the day, you can have different opinions about the player. And obviously, he seems like he's a bit of a head case and his mom is a huge troublemaker everywhere she yeah. where he's played. But the problem is, is that he is a great talent. And he could be a great player in the right system under the right manager. But if he was the option that Ten Hag had, then we would have signed him two months ago when he was transfer listed. And we didn't. So yeah. that 
me, he was not one of the original options. And it shows to me that we've lost the options that we had, which like at the end of the day, Frankie De Jong's a priority signing, right? Who hasn't moved yet. So technically the signing's still alive. But yeah. all the backups to him have gone. Yeah, but this is the thing. It, it doesn't feel like there was a plan B and there were backups because if... See, this is where I'm confused now. And I know we've gone off topic from the uh, Glazers, but <laughs> if Frankie de Jong does not want to join or there's too many complications from Barcelona's side, we've had Richard Arlen out there in Barcelona. I don't know, maybe he was on a stag because it doesn't seem like he's done anything. Um what what were they doing? Uh, did they not understand that? What what was it on the fourteenth of July? Everyone's uh, speculating that, uh, oh, that the yeah, transfer yeah. fee was agreed. So mm-hmm. if that was agreed at that point, did Barcelona not say, okay, we're we're taking a legal route? Um, we're not giving him seventeen million. Um, this is going to be an issue. That it's going to be a delay. Are you ready to wait? Um, these things clearly are the first things that I would be asking. So. I believe that Frankie de Jong must have spoken to Eric Ten Hag and he must believe that this player wants to come. Otherwise, you don't spend this long doing what they're absolutely. doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially because nobody else has even agreed a fee. Right? You hear yeah. these reports of Chelsea being interested, but no one's agreed a fee. And it's clear to everyone, really, that Barcelona are just playing games because they don't want to pay him £17 million. And they're trying every which way to get out of it, none of which have any merit. So he's just yeah. in his stance where he's saying, fine, I'll wait, I'll take my money and then I'll see what I want to do. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think from his point of view, he's doing the right thing if mm-hmm. what has been said is true. But yeah. what are Manchester United doing? Um, <laughs> why do you not have a plan B? What If you're scouting players, you don't just let them go. You let their agent, no, no, don't sign yet. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're still interested. And I don't believe people whether they say that Man United have not got the pull um, they 100% have and they always will for a long time and, unless they dropped off like a, I don't know, like a Leeds or a... Have we got the pull versus Burnley Chelsea? Have we got the pull versus Chelsea? Because I don't think we've got the pull against like Chelsea against City. We, we've got the pull against Arsenal yeah, because we've seen that this season. Yeah. I think in this transfer window though, I think Chelsea haven't... They've got rid of the wrong people and they shouldn't have got rid of the people that they did have. Uh-huh. And I don't think their transfer dealings have been perfect. Yeah. Um, You're not a big Sterling fan, are you? Yeah, it's, mm, it, uh, it's one of these ones. Like, why why do you let Sterling go? Um, and Sterling has to fit in a certain system. I don't yeah. think he fits in at United. Um, and I don't think we need another wide player. We don't yeah. need it. Every, even, even our strikers want to play wide. No one wants yeah. to go inside that box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, it, when you look at Frankie de Jong, they must have an agreement with him, um, as in Ten Hag must have had an agreement with him. That's yeah. why he's obviously chasing him. Um, but the concerning thing for me is, it seems clear that Ten Hag wanted a striker, a defender and a midfielder. And okay, he's identified de Jong. And it seems like he has given a couple of alternatives, like Fabian Ruiz, who's been lost. Um, to yeah. Fiji. Um, but the main thing is he also wanted a striker and I can't believe we're in a situation where he's being told you have to wait for one or the other. Um, you know, which one do you want? Because if we get the striker, then you might not have the money to get the young. And that's... You, you, you know what um, makes me think that the young potentially isn't coming and 
it's just noise from United to make it look like they're trying to sign him. Mm-hmm. Is the fee we're playing, paying for Rabiot and the fact that reports are coming out that Chelsea are willing to pay the deferred wages. So if Chelsea are willing to pay them, forget signing this player. Why don't we use that money to pay the deferred wages? Yeah, right. And I if, think if, the if, reason... If that's allowed... I think the reason that I don't believe that stuff is because if Chelsea were able to do that and solve it in that situation, it would have been done by now. True. Yeah. It would have been done. Yeah. They would have been like Chelsea are not messing around. They did the Cucurella deal really quickly. Um, yeah. And Barcelona need to register these players. So I think that would have been done. I think that a lot of this stuff and people say about tax at the end of the day, you have tax in Spain, you have tax in England, it, money going from one club to another. If Chelsea paid the money to Barcelona to pay him, it would be fine. It would be the same tax liabilities anyway. So I don't believe that stuff necessarily. But again, yeah. it just comes back to the Glazers. I mean, I don't think that they're sanctioning any... I mean, you heard the story right last year when Oli wanted a new desk and Joel Glazer had to sign it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, even if you need stationery, um, you're not allowed to just go to the cupboard. Yeah. Um, you have to ask. Yeah, It's yeah. easier for me to get a new desk and a, and a new pen than it is for, <laughs> yeah. for Ten Hag, right? Hag yeah. was using one of those, you know, those... 99p red, blue, green, and black pens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that, this, is, this is why now I think starting this podcast and talking about these things, I don't think we would have thought about doing this if things were better and they were like they were back in the day. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't say that, that we're going to come on here and have a moan. But it's becoming that frustrating mm-hmm. that the voice doesn't seem to be out there. Um, yeah. Logical football talk. And this is where people are getting sponsored to talk. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, and, I think a good, and a massive example of this is Sky Sports um, papers are now all showing anti-Glazier stuff, starting mm-hmm. to show the protests after they've already happened. We're getting mm-hmm. YouTube channels talk about it. And this is because there's clearly an outlet out there paying to get this promoted. Yeah, and I mean, it's true because Sky Sports, you watch it on Sunday and um, there was no mention of the protest before the game. It's only yeah. when it comes clear towards the end of the game that, you know, the fans are booing and, and, and then it's like, okay, yeah, there were protests earlier, what's going to happen next, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Um, so it's it's clear. I mean, we saw yeah, it before even, when even, Mourinho even, was even at the Gary club. Neville. Yeah. yeah, even Gary Neville now, he started to raise his voice and say, yeah, it's time for the Glazers to go. And when you hear things like that from a media outlet like Sky Sports, clearly mm-hmm. they get money from Manchester yeah. United. They make money, so they wouldn't start putting this forward unless they were paid for it. That's it. I mean, the other yeah. thing is, is that if you look at like Sky Sports, for instance, Gary Neville, it was all good when like it was his mate in charge and things like that. And yeah. then, do you remember that um, Ed Woodward hired a journalist to like write PR fluff for him in the paper? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and there's a lot of like, I mean, we're we're just like social media FC, right? We're media FC. We win our titles in the stock market, but that's not the yeah. last. And really, the protests have got to carry on. And for me, the only way that we can really get out of this mess is for like the club to suffer. And we can make the club suffer more quickly, right? The fans, if they decide to boycott games, don't buy any merchandise, right? At the end of the day, you can go a season without buying a United top. You can go or, a few... Or like, buy them from Asia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, right. Um, there's always alternative ways to get 
tops, football tops. So, you know, I'm sure you're able to find them. You're very resourceful. But, like, turn the money tap off. This money comes from us at the end of the day. It comes from the fans. Obviously, the TV money is there. But one of the main things about watching Premier League football is the atmosphere of the games. And if you're not yeah. a playing in front of an empty Old Trafford every week, then soon the Glazers will have to sell. Because- I think, I think the, the, the challenge becomes, so there's a big protest um, that everybody's trying to get people a part of is the Liverpool game. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with this fixture is you want to watch this game. Even though your team's going to get slapped, um, you're still happy to watch that fixture because you don't get to watch it often. Um, tickets mm-hmm. are hard to come by. So there are going to be people now that have paid more than what they should have paid for a ticket. So these people will not want to be yeah. part of a protest and miss a minute of this game. Um, there's, problems. But- there's problems with that. There's problems with that, right? And the problems are that they can still sell all their unsold tickets to tourists quite easily. Yeah, easily, uh, yeah. Yeah, and the other thing is there's rules about United season tickets where the season ticket holder has to attend a certain amount of games and if they don't scan into a certain amount of games, then they'll lose their season ticket going forward. Yeah. So really, the only solution to that is if people come off the waiting list, but everyone looks at their own interest, right? So, yeah, but, but yeah, but to that but, point, Sim, I think like you, you can be smart about that. If the mm-hmm. fans can get together properly um, and have a kind of that's it, a, a, an actual voice where one person calls the shots, I know that's really difficult to do, but one outlet calls the shots and says this is when the protests are. Okay, and then what you do mm. amongst fans, fans is, okay, we're going to this protest, you go to that one. Mm-hmm. And then the yeah, other so, thing so, is, yeah. yeah. The other or thing start, is, start even, the game and, and, and don't go <laughs> and sit in your seat. Yeah, right. Or, yeah, Stay standing. Go, yeah, just leave straight away, right? Yeah, yeah. The other thing is that if you are, like, going to protest, um, you got to keep it sustained. And if you lose your season ticket waiting list spot, then you lose it. At least you're helping to save your club. Because yeah. day, do you really want to be on the waiting list to get a ticket to watch this crap that we serve every week? Like, but that's the attachment, it. isn't it? Like, yeah. I think it's easier said than done, isn't it? Um, every time we went last time, yeah. I remember I was saying, I, was like, I can't believe we drove up like two and a half hours, two yeah. and a half hours yeah. back, and to watch this crap on like a weeknight, it's like, what? what is this that, we, that we're doing? That's um, 100%. And I, I think the biggest thing is here, like we do come to the owners, and yes, the ownership is a massive, massive problem. But mm-hmm. there's there's no hunger or desire or passion to want to play for this club. Like you don't see. Like we've 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 grown up with people like Rio, Evra, Vidic, even Gary Neville. He, he Gary Neville wasn't a great footballer. He he was not a good footballer, but he wanted to play for Manchester United. Do, do you know what I mean he he would take three or four extra sprints, even though his body couldn't do it? Well, I don't know, because I always see it from the point, player's point of view is like no player wants to get up out of the bed and go to work and lose. Um, and they've all worked hard, like, you know, trained hard to, to get to this level, apart from yeah. the, a couple here or there that are so talented, they can just be lazy and get there, right? But for me, really, they're being put in positions to fail. These players that are signing a lot of them aren't good enough and when they're not good enough I mean you get things like players are lost and that's why they weren't running but I think that realistically it's a long process this is going to be um, even like Ten Hag where I've got full confidence and faith in him but it's a season long work to try and get this team to play together because they've never played any kind of coherent football before 
It's always just, yeah. okay, let's get it up the pitch. Let's see if this guy can knock a ball in behind and then get in that way. Um, and I'm hoping to just, I mean, my big wish for this season was to be entertained and not to get embarrassed. And yeah, it feels like, I wanted to see Beyond Vibes FC. Yeah, that's it. I wanted Beyond Vibes FC. I wanted to see like players passing into space, passing and moving and running, you know, good football. And, and, and then at the same time, I wanted to see a team that, even when they're losing, doesn't like down tools and then just think, oh, okay, we've lost our heads and then gets yeah. smacked around by like Liverpool and... And, and, and that's like, if, if you lose 2-0, right. or say you lose the first ball, you're not good enough to get that first ball, mm. but your team shows a commitment to fight for that second ball. That's what you want. Yeah. And Do you remember... They, they, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember last season we lost 4-1 to Watford? Yeah. Where are Watford now? <laughs> you know what the thing is, though? Like you say, we lost 4-1 <laughs> to Watford. It feels like we've lost 4-1 to everyone. Yeah, and teams, you know, it's been... For the last 10 years, we've been watching United, and teams that have never beaten us at Old Trafford have beaten us at yeah. Old Trafford. Yeah, teams yeah, that have... You know, what, you know what's happening now? I think, do you remember Moyes' season where every record was being broken, every record that was set in the Premier League era? Yeah. We haven't lost to this team, we haven't lost to that team. We hadn't lost to Villa Park. We hadn't lost here. We Old Trafford. Like when we've gone ahead, we haven't. We've never lost a game. I think that one still stands. To be fair, mm-hmm. but people like Brighton that they've never beaten us. And at a point, you think, okay, some of these records are now going to fade out, and they must be gone by now. But we're still breaking records. That's it. I'm we, shocked. We <laughs> records to break. <laughs> yeah. Like how many teams did we really beat for a sustained amount of time that we're now starting to lose to teams that? even our poor managers could be. Yeah, but, well, you know, at the end of the day, we've just got to hope that that was one game and that team's going to come together. Maybe Martial be fit for the weekend and that we can, we can get I, back. I think it's like, McFred, though. If, if I see McFred on that team sheet, it, it, I have no hope. We can't. We can't have that again. We just can't. I mean, <laughs> I just struggle. Like, which one of them would you start? I, I think that even though Fred's an idiot, I think you can't start McTominay because it's just like playing with 10 men. The, the thing is, like, I, I think I said this to um, somebody this morning when I was talking to them. With Fred, you can't have him in front of our back four because when he gets the ball, he assists, he assists the other team. Mm-hmm. And with <laughs> McTominay, in McTominay in front of the front four, doesn't want the ball. Yeah. He goes missing. Um, he almost hides behind the opposition. So, yeah, which one of them do you play? Do, do you play the one that loses the ball, or do you play the one that doesn't want the ball? <laughs> yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, what, what what do you do with them two? And then you play them both together. So one's hiding and one's losing it. <laughs> I, I just think just lock him in the changing room, throw one baseball bat in, and tell him only one yeah. out, and see what happens. That's what I <laughs> But what do you reckon score wise for the weekend, Brentford? Um, Brentford Saturday night. Um, I'll, I'll I'll have to watch the game. I don't actually want to, um, but I've, I've got a feeling that we will beat um, Brentford. On a normal prediction before the game at mm-hmm. Brighton, I did say two one, and um, we did lose two one. I did say we would lose two one as soon as I saw McFred, and we did. Um, but I think we could beat Brentford. I think we'll concede. But we'll win. Yeah. I mean, looking at it this way, I was at the Brighton, sorry, the Brentford game at the end of last season. 
Um, yeah. And we won that pretty easily. Brentford had their moments, yeah. but we were in control. Yeah, they, did, the they is, dropped off big time, though, didn't they? At the end yeah, of the yeah, they did. Yeah. We also had players like Matic and Mata who were much better on the ball linking up. But then yeah. we've got, I think, a better manager, a better plan. Hopefully the team can improve and we can have a striker we can play. And I think it should be Martial, right? Because he showed well in preseason and he's fitter than Ronaldo at this stage. So if he's yeah. recovered, he should start. Um, and hopefully that can do something and we can pull out a win. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think because Ronaldo's looking for a new club, when he come home, mm. he, he looked like he wanted to do something just to show that he still got it. Yeah. So if Martial's not fit, I think Ronaldo should start just yeah. because of that reason. Like, OK, yeah. go out there, go and get yourself a club. I don't want to see a false nine again, though. Um, and I mean, nah, not at all. We should win. I don't, think, I don't think we will play that again. I yeah, don't we think we'll see McFred. I don't. I don't think yeah. we'll play them both. Um, it can't happen. It just can't happen. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather see like someone like you know, and you see like Martinez has played in the midfield for Ajax before, right? I'd rather see like that at a pinch, um, Varane and Maguire, and then Martinez in front than than those yeah. two playing together. And I think for me, it's important to remember, like again, I said to you before, Brighton smashed us at the end of last season. They're a yeah. good team. They're going to beat better teams than United this year. So I think it's important not to get carried away one game, but at the same time, yeah. we need real investment into this team. So, and and at the end of the day, fans need to remember that it's the owners who have been the constant throughout this decade of failure. Yeah, it's like, and it's almost been a full decade, but it's been even longer than that since we brought a midfielder who stayed for a long time and played really well. The only one that I can think of. In the whole time that the Glazers have been um, in charge, right? Obviously, we signed Carrick, and Carrick did really well for us. But then, yeah. like, we signed Owen Hargreaves, and Owen Hargreaves was injured and he was in and out of the team. And yeah. then, and then you have Herrera, who like played well in spurts, but I don't think he was ever a great United player. And then we lost him on a free. We had Pogba in; he was injured all the time. People didn't like him. People loved him. He goes again on a free. We've never really had since Carrick a sustained like excellence in midfield and we really yeah. really need that. No, and I think and I think that's the that's the key there. Um people talk about centre back partnerships, but in the middle, you know, I think that's where you you work in transitions, mm. that's where you counterattack, that's where you press the most. Mm. Um that's where you're gonna win the game is then fifty fifties in the middle, um, turning on the pivot, playing the ball to your strikers, linking your wingers in. It's such an important part of the game that people don't realise that if you don't have a midfielder like Kante that stays forever, someone like Roy Keane that commands commands that area. I mm. mean, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of him, but Henderson and Liverpool, he's been there for a long time. He <laughs> commands that his team plays well. Do you, do you know what I mean? Fernandinho, Rodri, Gundogan, do you, do you know what I mean? These players, they demand you play well. People yeah. like Kimmich, um, do you know what I mean? Yeah, the, 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 of like professionalism, and then yeah, every, that's it, yeah. Like, whether you're like, a better player or not, you still like train that way, you still play that way, you still give everything in you. Yeah, and I mean to that point, to do. for the game we just watched, um, Brighton lost one of the best players in that position in mm. the league, I would say. Mm. And but they look still who they replaced him with. They replaced him with a guy we were linked to. That we should have bought. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, where do you want to go from here for United? I mean, we obviously, we need to sign De Jong. And if we don't sign De Jong, we need to sign a midfielder that can play in the base and not like a box-to-box. But who else would you like? I mean, is there any strikers that we can sign now? Sesko's obviously been lost to Red Bull Leipzig. I think right now it's become that 
part of the transfer window where no matter who they get, he will be a panic boy. And because mm. the season started, good teams will not want to lose a player at this point mm. in the season because the season started and, the, and they don't have a pre-season anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, good teams do not want to have to then look for another player. So you're not yeah. going to get a player that's established. Mm-hmm. You're going to now have to get a player who's of an age who's going to be sitting on the bench for another team mm-hmm. or is on his way out in a season anyway. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. you're going to have to go for the really young talent that our club doesn't have the capabilities of recruiting Mm-hmm. Um, who we know is thought of highly and is around the age of, say, 18 to 22. But yeah. I, I couldn't name a player that Man United, that I firmly believe would be able to get right now at this stage in the season already. Yeah, that's worth adding, right? Because the, the problem is if you add somebody who's a decent, like, to good level player. I mean, I, I think recently um, Real Madrid sold Yuka Jovic, right? Um, yeah. Whether he worked around it or not, he had an established goal scoring record before. Um, that could have been a player that we could have tried to get, but at the end of the day, he was always more likely to go back to Fiorentina where he was at before. But there's there were definitely players earlier in the window um, to get, but now, yeah, you're right. I'm struggling to think of who we can get. But then at the same time, we're not the people we've probably got. What was it 804 players on the shortlist? I think that is somebody just made that number up. Um, there's no way I would they used to say it. They used to say there's it. no way that that, 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 that that group of coaches or scouts management team are capable of even looking at 804 players. There's no evidence <laughs> of it. There's no evidence of it. They went on FIFA and they were like, Oh, we've got 804 players in the list, filter them out. Who's slow? Yeah. Who's and they're like we looked at 804 players but they can't yeah it's it's ridiculous but yeah I think we need even when we go back um, Mm -hmm. and we look back at good models of football and we look at our own club Manchester United look at the recruitment of someone like Vanessa Roy Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's always been that it's done on pre-season apart from Van Persie and Berbatov Mm -hmm. um, when I look back most strikers were signed and it was almost like, okay, we want that player. And the talk began the season before that Manchester United yeah. looking at the player. They're looking at him. People knew when Manchester United scouts turned up or Manchester United were interested in a player. And the club knew, the player knew, his agent knew, his family yeah. family knew that this is going to happen. Um, yeah. But now it seems yeah. like, oh, let, let's try and get a player. Who do we mm-hmm. contact? <laughs> and this is the thing, right? Like Ten Hag plays a certain style of football that not every forward is suited to. Um, but, like, yeah, he's willing to adjust, obviously, if it had in quite well last season. Yeah. But he needs, like, somebody who's physical, who can run hard, who's got good touch and can link up play. So, I mean, like, obviously, Liverpool have signed Nunes and um, Haaland's gone City. So, like, those are the two big options off the table completely. And, and look when they were signed. And they were signed, yeah, ages ago, yeah. right? Like, Straight I mean, away, they, they, they knew the target and they got them. Liverpool just came in and swooped, yeah. But yeah. for me, I think that he needs a striker who's like a South American mold, somebody who's like hard running. Because like South American strikers tend to be like, you know, characterized like hardworking, skillful, and like yeah. just really physical and like able to like mix it up as well. Um, and I think maybe the move is, is just to see what talent there is. Because there's got to be a player who's like, you know, 18 to 22, who's physical, hard running, and he's willing to sit on the bench as well. They have to be a project because... yeah. Can you really get? You can't get a starter right now. You can't sign a starter from anyone. Like you said, no one's going to sell one to us. So yeah, no one's going to sell a starter. No way, unless we offered silly money 
Um, mm-hmm. And I could see us doing that as well. Mm. You know, with all this protest going on, people talking about the club takeover, uh, people like the consortium trying to put something together and getting Jim Ratcliffe on um, board with Michael. Um, the YouTube video that's come out today. Yeah, yeah. It's just pressure um, yeah. that is going to be put on the board. And I can see us splashing some money in the next two weeks on players that we don't necessarily need. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it would have been nice to spend that money at the start of the window if you think the um, the club down the road sold um, to Arsenal, like, you know, a talent yeah. striker that could play all three front positions who's skillful. And, yeah, and you know what takes the piss? I, I, I don't think Manchester City are scared of selling to us. They'll probably yeah, give us yeah. players. They yeah, would sell to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they'd probably loan us um, Alvarez to give him development, right? That's Honestly, they, they, they probably would. That's how cocksure they are right now. And it's, it's annoying it's to see that now, isn't it? That's what the deal would be. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's frustrating. It's horrible, to be honest. But I mean, the Glazers have to go at the end of the day. That's the bottom line. Um, and I think what we've got to hope is that the manager can improve the players we've got. But everyone, boycott, boycott, boycott. That's the only route out That's of That's it, mess. man. Stop going to games. Stop streaming them. Stop playing yeah. Scottish sports. Get rid of BT Sports. Not that we're going to be on Champions League. We're yeah. watching Thursday nights now. Um, That's it. But this is it. So, we, yeah. yeah. We should young. take the piss back in the day. Do you remember when we were at school? Channel 5. It's <laughs> yeah. now become Thursday nights. It's, it's, Channel 5 football, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's an insult. And mm-hmm. we, are the t- we used to give it and we've got to be able to take it, which we are. Um, but something needs to give now. Yeah. Um, it, it feels like it's, it's the most pressure that's ever been on the Glazers um, mm. since I've known. Um, I can't recall it being this much spoken about. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I, and I think you feel the same, I don't think something will be done about it. That's true. Yeah. And really, at the end of the day, I mean, like I hate to keep saying it, but they need to go. But if they invest and get us Frankie de Jong and a striker, they still need to go. So keep yeah, pressure, yeah. make sure that yeah. like, you know, they put the money in to sign players, but so they also go. So that Eric Ten Hag can throw his pen away and get an iPad, right? Like just little yeah. things. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just, just the little things. And um, yeah, otherwise it's going to be a really long season. I feel like it's going to be a long season anyway, but hopefully we can get good football to watch and that the team improves. Um, and that's what we hope for. That's it, man. Hmm. That's all we hope for. We just want to see good football, attacking football, and goals, and stop conceding at the back. Well, I just want to be entertained. We don't ask for much in it. <laughs> I just want to be entertained to watch a good game. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think, I think you don't. Flat. Yeah, that's it. You don't feel bad losing one 0 two 0 if your team actually played well. Um, yeah, and because there is an element of luck in sport. Um, oh yeah, goals change t- games. Yeah. And sometimes it's I mean, bad luck, but we need to turn our fortunes around off the pitch, not on yeah. the pitch. I mean, if Bruno scores that goal at the start, right, he scores that chance. Yeah. It could be a different game. Different game, yeah. Yeah, Fulham hit the inside of the post. Obviously, Liverpool did hit the post too, but Fulham hit the inside of the post. If that truck goes in, Liverpool, could yeah. have, we could have been laughing at them, thinking, ah, you guys lost to Fulham on the first day. Thiago, yeah, yeah. on midfield, what are you going to do? Um, That's it. It went the other way, right? They didn't score. Liverpool came back 2-2. We lose 2-1 to a, a better team than Liverpool lost to, right? And obviously, we're not on Liverpool's level, let's be honest. But, but I think that's, that's where that's I, I, I've said it over the last few seasons where 
we've watched Manchester United teams play badly, not just throughout the season or the odd game here and there, but we've mm. watched them play badly in the final, but still win games. And that mm. comes with success. Once you've got that mentality, even when you're having a bad day, you know how to cross that line. Mm. But let's, and, see, and, let's yeah. see where we end up. But we'll continue talking. We'll continue this. We will, we will have to revisit um, it this time. We'll, 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 we'll keep it raw. Keep it raw, keep it honest, and we'll get more people um, on with us to share their opinions, which are real. They're not sponsored. Um, they're literally from our own minds and hearts of what we actually see. Um, we're not here reading up and copying and pasting somebody else's work. And we'll keep doing that, continuing that throughout the whole season. And hopefully we get some good speakers with us um, to share their kind of opinion because we're not saying that our opinion is the right opinion, but it's, it's how we feel right now, isn't it? Yeah, and, and that's really it. It's our outlet to talk about United, yeah. to hopefully talk about United doing good things, hopefully on the pitch. But we're going to tell it like it is. That's the main that's thing. It. Yeah. And we're going to be here, win, lose, draw. Um, you know, we might not be here if we lose to Liverpool 5-0 again, but yeah. that one might take a little bit of recovering from. I thought, I but... thought you was going to add United Kids Wife to that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, follow us on 92nd Minute um, at, on Twitter. Like us, subscribe us, recommend to a friend. If they're a Liverpool fan, um, tell them we still won it more times than they have. And, um, and, and just keep it going, keep processing and um, see you next time. See you later.